0: Hello and welcome to the Jonathan Darling Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Darling, and this is episode six. Now, here's what's special about episode six. There's some firsts that are going on, okay? And I'm really excited about it. Here's one of the first. The first of the Jonathan Darling Podcast interview sessions. And I'm pumped to be joined by one of my closest friends one of my 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 partners my 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 PICs my partners in crime <laughs> my 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 dude carlo navarro um, and I can't wait to have this conversation with you carlo but but carlo I'm going to let you introduce yourself but this is not the only first carlo you being you being on here and me interviewing you on the podcast would be the first ever interviewee there you go on the podcast you're not this is not the only first do you know what the other first is what's that this is the first jonathan darling podcast recording session from the road (laughs) there you go (laughs) because i'm not in my basement right now i don't know if you can tell but one i don't have my backwards hat on i feel bald as hell (laughs) right naked as can be but And I'm also dressed to the nines. I just took my sport coat off. But I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know, and today it was a hotbed. Like we, I wasn't sure if I was going to need to get out of here early today. I wasn't sure what was going on. There was a lot of commotion in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mm -hmm. uh, around the the officer situation. I'm just glad there's been a lot of peace, uh, praying for everybody involved. But this is a first. So this is the first episode where i get to interview one of my closest friends and then this is also the first time that i am recording this podcast not from my basement
1: i love it i love it
0: and so i'm pumped and this and this is where it's going to be different guys like like i've recorded a few things i've i've, I've had some conversations i've shared some incredible things with you guys but here's part of what's going to be different you see we're not doing a bunch of takes carla we were talking about this before we got we're not doing a bunch of takes there's not going to be a lot of editing, right? Not that I don't honor the process of that. Like, don't get me wrong. There are people out there who, you know, man, they edit, they do all types of stuff. And I think it's incredible. That's not what I'm about. I'm about, let's just be real. Let's just, let's just have a conversation. If this conversation doesn't go perfect, that's okay. Because we aren't. Yep. Right. Amen so, to that. Welcome Carlo Navarro. Um, bro, I am I'm, I'm pumped to have you, man. So tell, tell the listeners, tell them a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, how you and I met, cause you and I've known each other for a long time and it goes, it goes back to back in the day, but, but, but tell us a little bit about who Carlo Navarro is,
1: man. Okay. We can go back there. We can get there. Um, the first I'm pumped, man, I'm pumped to be here. We've been talking about this for a long, long time, and mm-hmm. um, we've had other conversations in the past, but this is exciting to be on your podcast, something that you've been dreaming about about for a long time. so I'm pumped to be the first interview. so um I don't know I, it's hard to talk about myself sometimes, but you know I, I for people who don't know me, it's um number one, I'm a family man first and mm-hmm. foremost. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur and we'll get into it later, but I've now deemed myself an, an athlete, uh, pursuing, (laughs) pursuing some goals in that area. Um, but you know, I, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, uh, went to school at ball state where we met at, at, at a fraternity, um, the same fraternity. And we weren't actually that close there. We, we knew of, of each other. Um, and then um, you were a
0: few, you were a few years uh, ahead of me, I believe.
1: Yeah. A few years ahead. And I remember this uh, good looking kid coming into the fraternity house. And then uh, I was
0: right behind that kid. <laughs>
1: what, I, what, that, what, kid what?
0: that kid came in the fraternity house and then I was walking in next.
1: I mean, um, if you could imagine this kid coming in, <laughs> last name Darling, it just kind of made out, uh, you know, everything good. <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah. Just... Well cuz you I think I think you were you were a junior or senior um the year that yeah. I the year that I rushed the the cuz I was a freshman in 2001 okay.
1: and yeah Oh, two. I I was I like I graduated so
0: yeah which is crazy by the way because I like my high school is now planning our 20 year high school reunion wow. right which makes you I was telling my wife that and she was like dang like bro, you're old. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like that was 20 years ago. We, 20 yeah. years ago, you and I met.
1: Yeah. We met first time. And then, you know, I, I moved to Chicago right after school to pursue uh, my career in, in advertising and ended up getting into startups and entrepreneurship and building a bunch of companies that eventually failed a bunch. Um, and, and <laughs> which is fine. Um, and, and, had a few successes. And I think um, when we reconnected was when I started noticing like you putting out more content out there, you know, Mm. either it was like Facebook or LinkedIn. And I would, I I saw that and I said, Oh, Hey, that's great. That's sort of the things that I'm trying to do. And it was good to see someone I knew uh, in the past, you know, putting themselves out there, putting out their thoughts and ideas. And, uh, we reconnected, man, is it been like a couple of years now, two, three years
0: now, probably. So no, man, it's been longer than that. Isn't and it? that's, what's crazy. It feels like it's only been a few years. Yeah. But really, cause as you were just talking about it, it was, it was six years ago that six I started. Years. Yeah. I started writing. And I started, um, I started doing some more stuff, putting some more stuff out there, writing about sales, leadership, motivation, right, different things like that. And if I can look back, I want to see, because now that you mentioned it, I actually, I actually want to look, I actually want to look at this. <clears throat> so let's see if I can go all the way back. So here's, here's, this is what's crazy. March 27th. 2016.
1: No way. 2016.
0: You, you sent me a message <laughs> on Facebook. You slid yeah. into the DMs. Facebook. Right? Yeah. On Facebook and this is what you said. You said, "Happy Easter brother. Love your post today. Amazing to see brothers in their journey to Christ. I became a Christian my last semester in Sigep in the last uh semester in the Sigep house. What a journey. Be well and happy Easter." And from that point on, huh? You and I connected.
1: That's 2016.
0: Awesome. Wow. So it's been five years.
1: Five years. Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. And it was, and that's, and that's what it was. I, I was starting to put some stuff out on. Um, I was really starting to step out into what I believe um, God was preparing for me and the life that I believe that I was actually put on this earth to live and starting to write and starting to explore this idea of what it meant to be a leader what it meant to be a motivator um, someone who helped encourage others in and your and, and I relationship started because you first chose to encourage me in my journey
1: it was good stuff I mean pe- people don't put stuff out there like that right I think back 2016 it was I mean it was it still is very much a very showy social media landscape. Right. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you talk about becoming a leader and, and be in loving uh, you know, your team and, and kind of showing empathy that way, that, that sort of was kind of fuzzy, like leaders don't do that, you know? And so um, it was refreshing to see stuff out there like that and it was different. That's why I liked it. Right. And no one was really, you know, it was, it was sort of the CEO thing was the macho thing to do. And like, you know, you don't have compassion for people.
0: Right. And you know, what's, it, you know, what's interesting about that though, Carlo is even today, I had a conversation cause I'm, I'm back in school, getting my MBA mm-hmm. so ready to be done. But I was having a conversation with one of my professors who just happens to be a full-time professor for IU for the Kelly school of business or whatever school of business it is Keller school. Well, I don't know. One of those. And I'm doing a business report. It's a business communications class. And I'm doing a business report that I would like present. And I said, well, I'm going to do my business report on love and leadership, how you have a heart-centered leadership and love and care for your people and how that ultimately results in improved company culture, engagement, retention, and productivity and profitability. Yeah. And this is what she said to me. Now, she's getting ready to retire. She is in transitional retirement from IU as a, as a business professor. And she goes, John, you know, I've been thinking of, you know, I, I saw your, I saw your title, you know, your business report, I saw what you were wanting to do it on. And I just got to tell you, I mean, you know, I, I think you're really biting off way more than you could chew. Cause is there even research out there that proves mm-hmm. that when you love and care for your people, that it improves culture? Is it just the really, mush, this, these were her exact words, or is this really just kind of the mushy, gushy stuff? And I said, yeah. "Well, Professor Steiner Williams, Judy Steiner Williams, nice, super nice lady." I said, "I've been dedicating the last five years of my life to studying this, and I can, with without a doubt, point to studies done by Gallup, Deloitte, um, books written called the the uh, uh, the Guide to Compassionate Leadership. Um, a, you know, a, a new Dr. Joseph Messia for the University of Pittsburgh just wrote a book that." The Busy Leader's Guide to Compassionate Leadership, um, uh, Compassionomics—all of these are I ones. mean,
1: so but many, prove, right?
0: Prove, prove statistically that when you love and care for your people and value them. So, so it's interesting you saying that because I, I was, I was doing a lot of that five years ago, and even, uh, even still today, people are like, "Yeah, is that even a thing?" Is it yeah,
1: really? I mean, it's, it's like the old guard type of mentality closed mindset i mean things have changed right i mean you think people would change the how they think about that even with this pandemic and how it's sort of been a mental press on everyone right Mm -hmm. so so many more factors come into emotions in your life other than just work right so if you're not an empathetic compassionate leader i don't know how you could manage a team Going through this pandemic and understanding you have teammates that are co-workers that are also parents, also going to school MBA. Maybe they're a single parent. Maybe they're um, they're single. Maybe they haven't seen anyone in a whole year. So I don't I don't know I don't know how you could not strive to be this type of leader and be successful.
0: If well, you and you, and you, you know. said it, and and this is the difference. You cannot, like you said, you don't understand how you can't have compassion and, and empathy and and those traits and manage your team. Well, one, you don't man, you manage things, you lead people, Oh, percent,
1: hundred percent. And so
0: you, and so you, you cannot lead a team without those things. Right, it is impossible. And you might be able to get people to do things because of authority and position, but you will never truly lead them and get out of them what God has put in them because you are not leading and helping bring that out of them. And it's just, it's just true. But, but that's, that's about, that's not, but you, you were so supportive of me. Like that's, that's the, that's the thing you were so supportive of me and you would encourage me because at this point in time in your life, five years ago, and you're still on it, but you, you were sold out for the entrepreneur lifestyle like you knew working in corporate america was not you and here's the thing the entrepreneur journey looks different for everybody
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: right and you were doing all types of different things you were you were working for a like a you were you were a part of like this startup community you were i mean heck if like if you for, for the longest time if you check this dude out on instagram your instagram handle was startup dad Because like you were living, and you started a a YouTube vlog, which had one of the sickest intro trailers, by the way. Um, And (laughs) and it was back in the day, and it was called the startup life. Yeah, I mean, like, but that's what you were doing. You were living the startup life. How did how did that happen? How did you get into the startup life?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think part of it is that I think you. Part of it is you, you were sort of you're you born that well, you were wired that way. Mm. You may not know it, but you have these tendencies and like these um, sort of experiences that give you indications that you're you're sort of not you're sort of a little more entrepreneurial in your sort of have these ten, entrepreneurial tendencies. So I'll start there. Um, I feel like when I was working in sort of corporate America it sort of wasn't my fit, wasn't my mold. And I can say that because I worked in that corporate America and I hear a lot of young people mm-hmm. today, like, I don't want to work in corporate America, but I never worked in corporate America. So I don't know what it feels like, but I just knew that I just sort of wasn't fitting in that mold. I had a lot of ideas I wanted to, to try out, but I always wanted to, I wasn't, I was very scared to do that. I didn't know how to mm-hmm. do it. Uh, startup wasn't very popular at the time when, when I was getting out of college and all that kind of stuff. Um, I got into it because I had left like a larger company and took a chance to work um, with a smaller company in sales. It, that company just happened to be in the tech world out of San Francisco. It was a young tech company. I got in at a really good time. Um, within a couple of years I was there, I saw that company become acquired like by a larger company for like $650 million in cash, which I got nothing of.
0: I'm in!
1: <laughs> but that's sort of like, wow. So that's what happened. My thought process was like, well, so that's what happens. You start an idea, you get it big, you get acquired, you make a lot of cash, and you're like, that's the startup life. So I'm like, let's go after that. And so I've been chasing that sort of acquisition since then, which hasn't happened, right? But you sort of, you're really into this like, Startup mindset, regardless of where you work or what you do, if you are starting your own business or you are, you know, you are going to a smaller company or even a large company, you sort of have this startup mindset that that's the type of work you like to do. You are scrappy. You like to figure things out. You like to wear a lot, yep. of hats. not to use a lot of you know, you know, slang industry lingo lingo, but you you, you sort of have that sort of scrappiness you know, whatever you want to accomplish. And so that I've always taken that sort of mindset into every little aspect, every part of my life, uh, whether that is business and life or family, um, startup dad, you know, because that's in and it itself. You don't know what you're doing. You're just sort of figuring things out. And I think that's the beauty of the startup mindset is sort of figuring it out. Um, you don't have a roadmap. You got to kind of... Right. Cave your own way, and you're gonna make a ton of mistakes. But you got to have that sort of that mindset to know that you're gonna fail, and you're but you're gonna learn faster.
0: Yeah, and I think I think what's interesting about you, Carlo, is that there. What I've seen in entrepreneurs, and and you know, I would consider myself now a part of this entrepreneurial. Yeah, um, community, which which is funny because for a long time you and I would talk about, it and I'd be like, yeah, no, uh, bro, I'm not really, I'm not really an entrepreneur. I'm just like, I just want to be a speaker, right? Um, I just want like, I'm just trying to do this or whatever. But really, in um, once I started coming around to it, spending a lot more time, a lot more conversation with you, it started being like, oh, well, I guess I actually do have some of these entrepreneurial tendencies, right? Like yeah. some of these things that I'm that I'm doing in my mindset the way it, but, but here's, here's, I think why with, with the journey that you were on, you know, cause you were doing the startup life blog, which by the way, like was incredible. And I'm always encouraging you to turn on your camera and start filming more because I, I love what you do. I love the moments. I remember I would sit there and watch and you would be recording moments of like you walking down the streets of Chicago to go pick your kids up from school, or you took your kids to the, I believe it was the Filipino grocery store um, (laughs) to go buy stuff. And like, you're just, you were just in, and you were even in even in the Facebook uh, message, you were like, Hey man, uh, I'm going to be in Chicago on Saturday. You're rounding. You're like, yeah, dude, I'm here. What was I saying? Uh, You were saying something. And then you were like, Oh dude, just, just, Keep up the content, man. Good stuff. Or hey, when you come to Chicago, we're gonna record some content. Like you were, you were always about documenting, right? Because you and I were both on the Gary V train, yeah. pretty hardcore. And it's and it's and what I loved about Gary V, and I think where you and I clicked, and what I loved about watching your journey, was that I didn't have. And people might balk at this, but I didn't have that ultimate end goal destination in mind. I knew kind of what I where I wanted to be but I didn't have this crystal clear vision of what it was going to look like or exactly how it was going to happen but I was doing things anyway and I and I felt like that's where you and I connected because it wasn't necessarily about having it planned perfectly
1: yeah yeah it was no. about
0: execution just doing something and being consistent in doing something and starting to figure out the rhythm yeah along the way
1: yeah and I- and it's the funny thing is that you never really know, <laughs> you never really have the, the end destination. Like you're, you're always trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah. And you were doing, and you were doing multiple things and that's what I love because there was, there's been so many times that I've been told, Oh, well, John, like you're doing this and you're doing that and you're this, you got this and you've got that. But that was something like, um, diversely was something that you started, which I think was still, uh, incredibly cool focus around helping. Um, companies and and people find diverse candidates talent uh, and talent within the tech space correct Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah
0: and that was something you and your wife Lisa um, started together really started yeah Yeah. And, and and there was there was a few of these things that that you were starting together which is super cool and that's that's probably a whole nother conversation about how incredible our spouses are when it comes to supporting us right like that can be a whole oh yeah
1: for sure like podcast we'll have to we'll have, to we'll have to have them here
0: <laughs> yeah because sure. because they I, i'm sure there are times they think we're crazy but but you were starting all this stuff and what what was that like like what was you know as as you were starting through that and you were starting diversity and you were looking at some of these other things that you were starting you were documenting content what was it that you, what do you think you were missing during that time? What do you think it was that wasn't totally filling? Hmm. Because we're going to get into this a little bit. But yeah. What do you think it was that wasn't totally filling the bucket of what you were looking for as you were starting to create these things?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. I mean, and I think that's the reasoning why I'm not, I'm not doing those things today. I think You mentioned Gary V earlier. Like I think many, many of us get caught up in seeing that activity that he was doing, and the motivation to do the same thing. Just do, go, create content. I think it ended up becoming the goal of just becoming Gary V in a way, Mm. or becoming what he's doing. And it became a little bit contrived where I wasn't really being me. It was trying to. It was, I was me, but I was doing things to try to be like him or be someone like him because someone like him is very attractive to us, right? Right. Um, he's doing a million things at one time. He's uh, successful in our in from what we see as success with money and fame and you know celebrity status. Yeah, and it's attractive to to want to be that. I just think I didn't what was missing was who who, 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 like, what was I built, who was I built to be or who was I meant, who was I meant to be? And I was yep. trying to be somebody else. And I, I was, yeah, I, it, it wasn't me. It was me in a sense, but it wasn't like, you know, I was trying to strive to be something I wasn't.
0: Yeah. Which is, you know, it's interesting because I just posted something about this on LinkedIn and um, uh, I think it was yesterday, I was sitting on the plane and I was, I was reading through this, I'm reading this book that was given to me by Ryan Hartley. Shout out Ryan, my British brother. Um, and uh, it's called the way of the warrior. Um, and it's, it's a great book. It's right here. It's, it's uh, by uh, Raphael McManus. And he was talking about that. Like we were all given these unique talents, gifts, and skills. hmm the difference between the the difference between a warrior and someone else and this and this guy uses the idea of and it, it's a it's a book about Jesus but he, this guy uses the idea of like the samurai life that the talents gifts and skills the things that we were given aren't about us They're, it's not about our fame because because warriors seek greatness but they seek greatness and how can they serve other people to their best ability with what they've been given mm-hmm. versus, versus fame. And I think, and I think oftentimes for myself too, the, the, the goal, watching Gary V and, and seeing all these things and seeing the celebrityism and, and, the, and, and like, it's just all the cool content and everything that's being put out and, you know, yeah. getting followed around by a camera guy like D rock and all that stuff. And it's like, it's like who is that about? Yeah, and, and when I was when you know, and 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 I'll be honest, there were often times that becoming a speaker and motivator and writing and all these things, it was more about me and what I was trying to become versus it being about what I was given so that I can give to other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hundred thousand percent. I mean, you. You suggested a book, um, you know, chasing the lion or chase the lion, um,
0: mm-hmm. by Mark and, Patterson.
1: And the one quote in the book was where I think now what I'm doing today, and we'll probably get into the whole golf stuff, but, oh, yeah, um, we will. um, he said something really interesting in there. Is like, you know, chasing your dreams isn't about achieving it, your dreams. It's about inspiring others to chase theirs. Hmm. Mm. I mean sit on that for a minute
0: like that's so good
1: I mean of course like that is I think that's where it's at and I think that was was, was missing before in my earlier career was like I was chasing the dream for me I was trying to inspire other entrepreneurs to like chase to become a you know and and and, I, and I'll give it to Gary V I I want to say maybe that's what his thing is he does inspire so many other people to, to, to do.
0: Yeah, I don't think Gary B is about himself. Like as much no, as everything yeah. is on him, I think he, I think he genuinely wants other people to stop placating to the societal requirements that have been put on us that don't mean Jack. 100%. And, and become who and do and follow what we're passionate about, which is an incredible transition. <laughs> Because th- this is one of the biggest reasons why I wanted you on the podcast. Obviously, because you're one of my best friends. You, I was, I think, the very first ever podcast interview I ever did.
1: Yeah, which was, is still out there. You should listen is,
0: to it. Yeah, which is it's great. Was on your podcast.
1: Yep, that was short lived. Um, there was, it was a short lived, but your but episode, great. your first, your episode was. I mean, you, if you're, you got to go listen to it. Um, maybe I'll, I'll give you a link to it. It's on, it's on podcast, but Apple podcasts, but yeah, your, your story, if you, if you want to learn more about Jonathan Darling here, I mean, there's some incredible stories in there that you, you actually talked a little bit about with a few of your earlier episodes. Uh, but we go a little bit deeper. Um, we,
0: we, we got into like, that was like a Joe Rogan podcast, like rich Roll. Like, I mean, it was a long, we -hmm. spent some time.
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: I, st- I still remember getting the first, you, you did a trailer. All the, yeah. all the fancy production things that I'm not currently doing, <laughs> right? Um, and no, and again, no disrespect to the, to the podcast community and the people who put in tons of work and effort to make their podcast incredible. Um, I'm not saying that that's not what I want, but that's not what I have the bandwidth for at the, at the moment, right? But, um, yeah. but I remember hearing the trailer and being like, dang like i sound cool (laughs) like i sound like someone i would want to listen about
1: Um, i love that trailer
0: yeah well it was so great and good but you know like like you know i I, the the very first podcast i was on was yours and what i think is incredible is you have been exemplifying you know if we want to use mark batterson's chase the lion reference you have been exemplifying chasing the lion for a long time. I think personal opinion that you were chasing the wrong lion. Mm-hmm. I think you're chasing the right one now because there's a different spark in your eye when you talk about it, there's a different thing, but here's, what's really cool. And this is where I think like, this is one that I want to give you big props and kudos for, because the, the father that you are, because when I look at your kids, Right. And, and and your daughter and her, you know, her her love for cooking and then her love for ballet and 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 you you showing her through the startup life being the startup dad that, hey, stepping out of your comfort zone is OK. Going after and trying things is OK. And, and you know, she's I mean, she's basically the next prima ballerina.
1: If she wants to be right, I mean, <laughs> if she wants to
0: be like, but she's because inc- she's gotten into some pretty pretty incredible ballet schools, some yeah. some opportunities um, at some different camps. Or I, I don't know how ballet works, but but you have constantly been this inspiration for your kids because I don't ever remember as a kid looking at my parents and going, "Wow, they're really trying to do something," like they're really trying to. Accomplish something cool and different and chasing their dreams and that's something that you've always done, but I think, I think the dreams were still a little bit um, within the confounds of what society and I think a little bit your parents and your yeah. family would have told you that, that this is what it needs to look like mm-hmm. and you've drastically changed. You have taken, you have taken a one eighty now because it's not about business anymore. You're still doing business. You're still doing that stuff. You're, you, you do some freelance marketing and all these different things, but your dream is different now. What, and I want you (laughs) to say it out loud. What is it that you are chasing? What lion are you chasing now?
1: Well, the lion in my life is the PGA tour. Professional golf. Let's go professional golf. Uh, it's, it's crazy to say it uh, and almost like, should I even be saying it? But it's almost what they say, you know, if it's not crazy, it's not big enough. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of us have dreams of starting a business and, and becoming independently like as an entrepreneur and like, I'm doing that right now. Like I look back, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing work for different clients. I'm, I'm kind of running my own thing. And I'm like, is that too small Mm. It's too small because I, I feel like it's not not saying oh I've done it, but that's that was like the that was the benchmark before. Right. Like someday I'm gonna be independently working for myself, right? And then you get there and like okay now now what?
0: Right, I'm doing it,
1: doing it, but- and i I love it, right? It's it's but is this providing it? what's crazier?
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because this love of golf, golf is something that you've always had. You, you, you golfed when you were in high school, right? Mm-hmm. You, you were a golf, you, you golfed when you were younger. Um, and, you know, but then you quit because you went to college.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, even taking it back further than that, like, I remember having like janky golf clubs in our garage because we found them somewhere and they were like putters. And I remember being in my backyard, swinging the putter like a driver. Cause I would watch golfers on TV. Like at that time, you know, like the Greg Normans of the world and you know, yeah. and they're just like swinging this club. And I had no business being in golf. My family did not play golf. And then I remember just cranking balls in my backyard, you know, and like hitting over my house and just like, Oh, this, this is fun. Like I golf is cool. And then, you know, fast forward to eighth grade, I was at, uh, visiting our family in Michigan. Um, and my uncle was like, let's go play golf. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have golf clubs. And he's like, that's fine. We'll just rent them. So I was eighth grade. We, he took just me out to this golf, golf club, nine holes. And we get to the clubhouse and he's like, Hey, he needs, uh, my, my nephew here needs some golf clubs. Uh, do you have any for rent? He's like, yeah, of course. He goes, and I'm like, I told my uncle, Hey, I'm, I'm left-handed. It's <laughs> like, son, all we got is a three iron and a putter. And he's like, all right, that's all we got. We got nine holes, three iron and a putter. Let's see what we can do. Um, you know, I'll have people out there challenging me on this, but I shot a 50 that day, my first time out with a three iron and the, when we left that golf course, my uncle called my parents from his sweet little car phone that,
0: I right. Probably the, in the stiff black. Case. Big
1: dang. He goes, Hey, yeah. he's like, Carla just shot a 50, with two clubs. I'm stopping at the store. I'm going to buy him a starter set. Parents are like, Oh, okay, sure. That sounds good. Uh, Got the starter set played a handful of times after that. And it was like, yeah, I'll just play when there's an opportunity to play. Let's just not, I mean, I played other sports and it wasn't, my family didn't know much about golf besides knowing it from my uncles who played, you know, right. during, during the holidays. I see them swing around by the dinner table at Thanksgiving and teaching me a couple of things. Um, fast forward senior year high school. Our, and this is not like I, I, it's not like I made the golf team that, that we just got a golf team my senior year in high school. So it was like, Hey, do you guys want a golf team? Sure. Let's, let's put together a bunch of dudes and girls who want to try and play. And I was like, got my starter set, dusted <laughs> it off. Haven't played since then. Um, you know, years later, and end up making the last last competitive spot, right on the team. There's a lot of people on the team, but to play for points, I made the last spot by like a stroke. So I'm there, just kind of hacking it, and that's sort of when my love for the game started. Because that summer, I played every every day end up getting a hole in one that, that summer and just got, just felt the game was really natural for me to play. And then sort of lost that love for, I'm not, I didn't lose a love. I lost the ability to play, you know, I went to school, forgot right. to golf and like, you know, it all went away. Fast forward, had kids haven't played in like decades, a, a decade or so. Um, and that's this past summer was when, when pandemic hit and, Lisa was like, you gotta get these boys. I have, you know, I have four kids. My my two boys are just running like crazy around the house and they're like, you gotta get these kids out of the house. I don't know what you're going to do. Hey, the only thing open right now is it's the golf course. Like let's go to play it again, sports, get them two clubs. I found my clubs, which I tried to sell
0: a three iron and a putter. Let's which see t- if they got what the old man <laughs> had.
1: Well, my new clubs, unfortunately my starter set got stolen when I moved to Chicago along with my bike I had this new set that I got crazy side story. My, one of my other really great friends was dating a girl at the time. It was an engineer for, um, Cleveland, Cleveland clubs, Cleveland nice. golf. And, uh, she was uh, engineering VJ Singh's club. So he's a right hander. He's brand new at that, at that time, these Cleveland CG twos for you golfers out there who know these CG two irons are just phenomenal. Um, Apparently, protocol for engineering golf clubs—you have to make a right hand and a left hand. Mm. So she had a left hand set in in a box, all the heads, and she called up my friend and was like, "Hey, do you know anyone that plays left-handed?" He's like, "Yep, here's his address." Says so shipped it out to me. Got fitted for these clubs. I still have them. I still play with them today because I'm not buying new clubs. Like, right? and and you know, these are the same clubs I've had forever that I'm playing with right now. So, anyways. We dust them off. Um, one quick bus stop before I get to that story is that you know we we, we, we run into times in our lives where, where things get difficult, and I'll be transparent about that. Like I tried to sell these clubs more than more than twice, yeah, because I wanted we needed to pay for things, so we needed to you know pay for bills, we need to get some some food. I mean, it just it was that sort of like you go through those moments but for some reason I could not sell these clubs and who knew that I had to help. I had to keep these clubs for some reason. Yeah, you did. And penned like fast forward again to when I went out with my boys, the love for the game ignited because you know, things were shut down, but we were on this golf cart, like free as a bird. Flying, yep. having a blast. We, we i was thinking about I wasn't thinking about golf, I was thinking about just like having fun with the boys and they took a real you know intense like liking to the game and I thought to myself, man, I I miss this game. I yep. really miss this game. Where what and I and those thoughts in your head about at the end of your life, what do you think about like regrets? What if I gave this a shot. What if I gave the shot earlier in my life? What what ifs? And I'm like, why not now? Is it too crazy to think about taking this to the next level? And that's in November I posted about I'm going to pursue this as a personal goal. I don't know where it's going to go. I'm going to put in the time. I'm still working full time. I got kids, um, but I'm going to be a student of the game. It's all new to me. Everything's changed in this game. You would not believe how much technology has come the play, the amount of information you can consume online to learn from coaches, and I just mentally, I mentally became a student because I couldn't play every day. I don't come from money; I don't have privilege to go out and play every day. I didn't. My, we're not part of a country club. I'm playing the park district courses here, municipal courses, and you know, ended up um, having the opportunity to visit some family in Florida made sure I put enough in enough time to get my handicap so I can have the chance to give this a shot. And I did. And it, you know, in yeah, it's, it's been a crazy journey, how much like you can learn and just like shape your game and kind of come out of nowhere, like still crazy to think I could have a shot at this. And I say that because um, I was able to get my handicap over several rounds Been over a decade, and I end up getting a 2.4 handicap, Um,
0: (laughs) which is incredible. Which I mean, which yeah, great.
1: Which which my goal was to try to make it to a qualifier to get to a larger championship, and it and it so happens I feel like you know everything's for a reason. The minimum handicap to apply to play in a qualifier for the U.S. Amateur Championship is a 2.4. I got a 2.4, applied, accepted, July 12th, Lakeshore Country Club. If I make the cut, I get to Oakmont, which has hosted the U.S. Open for a very long time, multiple times, and that's in August. And so my goal right now is to get my game up to par, to make the cut, and to get my butt to Oakmont.
0: And here's what's like, (laughs) like to me, (laughs) like – dude just <laughs> hearing the story i get so freaking jazzed by it right like me i get too, man. so i get so freaking pumped up because i remember you calling me and telling me like bro i started playing golf again i think i'm ai think i'm gonna try to become a professional golfer <laughs> by the, and, and you and you set some crazy far-off goal for yourself right And you're like, man, ten thousand hours. If I do ten thousand hours, it's basically like ten years. I'll be fifty. I'll at least be able to maybe turn pro by the time I'm on senior tour. On the senior tour.
1: That was the goal. The goal was senior tour. The goal was at fifty. I'm forty-two.
0: Yeah, and I and I looked at it and like we were talking most of the time. We talk. We talk on Facetime, and I was like, no, bro, like we are going now, like. (laughs) like it is now like we like you were doing this thing like i felt it in my spirit and because here's the thing you look back your your family your family's heritage where you're from sports are not something that you chase right like that's that's just not and so when when you went to college everything was very practical it was you go to college for this to become a doctor or to become this or business, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you're one of your only siblings who's not a doctor, right? Or so or, or, or dentist or something, right? And it's like, no, like this is the in and, and for for a lot of for a lot of um immigrant Americans, right? This is very this is very traditional, right? Yeah. Like you come to America, you take advantage of the school system, um, and you become a doctor, you become you, you go to school and you learn these things. There's not a lot of time for. For for unpractical, unrealistic chasing dreams, right? The dream is different. And and what I think is so incredibly cool is you've always had this little off tick. You've always had this little bit of yeah, but this is where Carlo Navarro sits. This is where Carlo lives. This is where Startup Dad lives. And and what's been incredibly cool throughout watching you, you know, and, and being connected with you and being one of your friends over the last five years is being able to see even the difference in the time that you spend with your kids. Cause I've always admired you as a father and the, and in the, in the intentionality that you have with your children, but now being able to go out and seeing pictures of you caddying mm-hmm. for your son. Yeah. Who, who has an incredible love for the game like you do. And You wearing in the caddy, didn't it say Navarro on the back of the shirt?
1: Yeah, I got the caddy bib.
0: (laughs) Right. Like, and your son who who plays pretty well for a kid who's never really played golf before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was was Um, pretty impressive.
0: You know, and but, but you are, you are instilling this, this idea within your family. You are leaving the legacy of no dream is too big. No dream is too wild. No dream is too crazy because because we know who we were created by. Yeah, and we know what we were created for.
1: Yeah, and there's one thing to tell, and by any means, like right as parents, like we're all I'm not perfect. Like get that straight. <laughs> but it's um it's one thing to to encourage your your kids to to go to to say. Chase your dreams, right? Um, but there's one thing to also like: do it. Try to do it yourself. Whether or not I make the PGA tour or not, it's the act of trying. It's going to yep. be more, more impactful, not for one, my kids, right? To show them that you can go do you can you can strive for something crazy that you think is out of this world. Um, that's one part. But also, what we talked about earlier is like can I inspire people to do something in this space, which I feel golf has a, has a reckoning moment, um, Mm. coming. Um, it is, we all know it's, it's a very rich white, you know, old man sport. Um, there's been some good strides with people of diverse backgrounds making it in the sport, but they're not, it's not, it's not there yet. And, but also part of me is like, I, I can be someone who can prove that you don't have to come from a place that's like you did, You don't have to grow up on a golf course. You don't have to right. have like all the, the trainers and the, and, and the coaches and access to all this stuff because you know what? You don't have to. It's, it's about grit. And I want to prove that. Um, whether I prove it or not, the act of making that sort of noise, I think it's super
0: important. Well, and, and, and I want to challenge you on something because you, you said it, you are not trying to become a professional golfer. You are doing the work you are, you are, you are doing the things that need to be done in order for you to have the opportunity to be a professional golfer. You are doing, you are not trying, you are doing. And I, I think that's where the inspiration comes from because you're doing these things. Mm -hmm. People don't get inspired by talk. They get inspired by walk. They see people doing it. Right. And then, and then they're like, wow, like, like that dream is insane. And I love it. I still remember to this day, I still have it on my phone and it pops up all the time on my Facebook, one of my profile pictures. If you guys follow me on Facebook, you can go back, you can click on it. um, You can look at my profile pictures and I'll tell you which picture it is. It is picture number five of my profile pictures. And look, I'll show you.
1: Yep, love it.
0: Because you made this, you made a fake magazine cover for me. And it was Speaker Magazine issue 124 for June of 2020, from local workshops to the most sought after leadership coach. Jonathan Darling, and you put my picture on there and you created this thing and you had one for you for startup life and all this stuff. And here's the thing. What's incredibly funny about that <laughs> is because of the things that I was doing, people thought that that was a real magazine cover. Mm-hmm. People thought that that was my life because I was doing all of these things to get me to where one day I wanted to be, but it but it's not about getting there. It's not about yes, how incredible would it be to get the stamp? Boom, PGA
1: tour card. Yep, yeah, here you go. Tour
0: card, right? That would be incredible. But it would it, the 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 lavishness of that moment would be drastically understated if it wasn't for the journey and the grind and the fighting all of the people who are saying, that's the cr- that's the craziest dream I've ever heard. <laughs> what makes you think that at 42 years old, you can become a professional golfer? Who do you think you are? How dare you disrespect the game? All the hating that you've already gotten. That moment, that stamp, it wouldn't mean anything if it wasn't for all of the moments of doubt, all of the moments of, is this what I need to be chasing? Is this what I need to be doing? And the thing is, your kids wouldn't be inspired. The yeah. people around you wouldn't be inspired. I would not be inspired <laughs> by, by you saying, you know, maybe that dream is too wild and crazy and too big, and maybe it's not practical. So maybe I need to get my head out of the clouds and I need to go back to chasing after some of these things that, yeah, I kind of like, but they don't set me on fire.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's what you're doing.
1: It's funny, man. Like, I don't, like we, we talk a lot and it's like when you said something like, you know, when when you start to talk about being practical and like kind of backtracking, but you got to realize like God doesn't put these things in your heart. I mean, there's, there's a reason for this stuff yep. it may not be understood. It may seem out crazy. Um, but I feel for the first time, the goal here isn't about me.
0: I Which think- most people would think it would be because it's like, yep. Oh, but you want to become the professional golfer. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's a part of, that's a part of the equation. It is not, the answer
1: right that's the path right this is the path that i'm taking but this is not the goal isn't about me um will it be would it be nice yeah i mean of course like what well, who want to want to play golfer you living right i mean everyone talks about it. i want to retire and be be a golfer but it's funny because like even my wife um my wife went to dinner with some friends and, um, people were like, Oh, I hear about God, Carlos golf stuff. She's like, this is crazy. Like he's, he's sort of talked about this stuff. He's he, he, you know, I, I haven't been like, I haven't put as much content as I did before about my entrepreneurship and marketing all this stuff. This is more like behind the scenes. Something's growing. We're like, Hey, like I hear about, you know, it's happened multiple times where people kind of mentioned like what's going on with the golf stuff. It's kind of, Different, yeah. and it's it, it's kind of well,
0: before you were trying to garner attention for yourself. Yes, because it was about it was about the so, the Lime celebrity, yeah, yeah, yep. the light and and that attention light, Gary V. But this isn't this isn't what this is about. This is about that. There's this. There's a question, and I don't know anybody listening to this. Whenever you listen to it, there's a question that often. Is inside of us, and it's and it's. Do I have what it takes? Mm -hmm. Am I good enough for this? Am I do? Am I enough? And do I have what it takes to chase after something so incredibly big and audacious and 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 terrifying? knowing that there's a chance that i might not make it i might fail horribly but am i enough to try to figure that out anyway
1: yep and that fear is what makes people backtrack right and that fear is what makes people say well forget it i'm just going to i'm just going to do what i normally do and move on in my life and i don't bother anybody no one's bothering me
0: yeah and that's the conversation and you and i a few weeks ago that's how the book that's how the book chase the lion came out yep because we were talking about a few things and and a few other things happening in your life and you're like man i just don't know maybe this maybe this dream is just because here's the thing i yeah you know people think that oh you have this dream like i can't tell you how many times i have to sit back and go man is me wanting to be this speaker and this writer, this motivator, this communicator. Is that just dumb? Is that just do I need, do I just need to like get back in my lane? Yep. Right. Like, am I am I really just chasing some? Am I am I playing some fool's game, thinking that? That that I'm good enough to do this, or like that people would actually listen to me, right? And a few weeks ago, you and I were having this conversation, and, and you and I said, "Dude, chase the lion." And I think I threw in some expletives in there as yep. well. Um, I think I said, "Chase the the lion." <laughs> yeah. and I told you about Benaiyah from the Bible, uh-huh. and how Benaiyah was was there was three verses written about the guy. And he was one of day, I made a Facebook video about it. He was one of David's mighty men. There were three three verses written about him. He killed a bunch of guys. He was one of David's mighty men. And on a snowy day, he chased a lion into a pit and he killed it. And I told you, I said, dude, you got to read this book by Mark Batterson. It's so huge. But the general gist of the of the thing is, We have these big, huge dreams that God gave to us. He wrote them on our heart. The Bible says that we are to give, that we are to share with God the desires of our heart multiple times and that he will give them to us. Well, who put them there? He did. He already knows they're there. We're to recognize them and then share it say it back to him. Hey, God, we know you put this here. So we're giving it back to you because the only way that this is possible is give me goosebumps. We're about to go to church right now. The only <laughs> way that it is absolutely possible for this to come true is if you're in it. Because I cannot do it on my own. That's, that, that is what grace is. I learned this from Michelle Hunter. Shout out to Michelle and Tommy Hunter. I learned this. Grace, is not, grace from God is not just about our forgiveness. It's about the power that is given to us To be able to accomplish the things that on our own we would not be able to do, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, and so, you and I were talking. I was like, "And this dude, Ben, I'm like, dude, think about this, Carlo. If you saw a lion out in the wilderness, now think about this: a lion whose roar can paralyze his prey. Paralyze. It's so loud it can be heard for up to five miles, and can paralyze its prey." dead tracks done ain't no need to run you ain't going nowhere <laughs> and you saw one of these things out in the jungle would you chase it or would you turn around and run for your life you're like well duh, run for my life of course this dude with a spear and a who knows if he had Whatever. a shield But we know he was in flip-flops. He was wearing Jesus sandals. Everybody did back then, right? (laughs) He didn't have shoes. He saw a lion on a snowy day. He was probably freezing cold, half-dressed, probably looking like a Spartan. And he goes, oh, lion, cool. And he chased the thing. Then the lion falls into a pit, right? And any normal person would go, cool, right? And this is just like chasing our dreams. We get to a certain point, Mm -hmm. and then we come to this moment. We come to this confrontational moment with our dreams. Yep. And it's Darn. this, are we going to jump in? Because the, the dream is in the pit. The lion is in the pit. And Ben and is was standing over the pit. Lion can't get out. It's trapped. Dude could walk away. And there's no way that that lion will ever get out. And he goes, nah, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to come out with a lion coat. Mm-hmm. And he jumps into this pit and he kills the lion. And I said, bro, you're standing at your pit. And it's time for you to jump in and kill the lion. It's, it, like, it's time to go. Because we come to this certain point to where we're... there. One, it doesn't... The lion could have ran forever and, and Benaiah could have never caught it. There's a reason why the lion fell into a pit. Because it was at that moment that Benahia knew this was where I am supposed to show exactly who i was created to be and Mm. the power that was given to me yep and he jumped into the pit and he killed the damn lion Yep. and that was you it was like you were having this moment you're like dude i just don't know and it's like no bro this is your lion let's go it's time for you to jump in the pit and slay this thing
1: yeah man because he's like the thing is like if you look for excuses you'll find one
0: of course you will
1: and we always, I think that you, you said it perfectly, like, I think every one of us comes to a point where we, ha- we have to stare down that pit. Yep. Easier to walk away. The dream will be there later, not going anywhere. Yeah. Stuck, <laughs> stuck in a pit, but yeah. it's still going to be there. So. How bad do you
0: want how it? How bad do you want it? Are, okay. you, are you, I mean, like. You know, this is where it gets serious. You chase this thing. Now it has an opportunity to fight back. Now it has an opportunity to bite back, yeah. to scratch back, to injure you, to hurt you, to maul you, to break you down, right? There are all these possibilities that your dream, because because chasing after so something so audaciously big, it is terrifying.
1: Paralyzing.
0: Paralyzing. But it's worth it.
1: And the dreams not could get any smaller, right? Like, oh. because for the for golf, right? Let's say I make the cut. I'm gonna make the cut. I make the cut to go to U.S. Amateur, right? The path there now is that you gotta win this thing. When you, if you win this thing, the prize is isn't money. The prize is exemptions for the other, you know, multiple amateur championships future but also an invitation to the u.s open and an invitation to the 2022 masters Let's go. the dream just gets bigger and more paralyzing and just huge but i have to remember i got a shot at i have a, i'm given a shot at this already gotten to that point and another oh. cra- crazy crazy story for you so when I was down in Florida with my in-laws, I ended up searching, searching for a new driver. I haven't had a new driver in like, you know, 20 years or whatever. So get this deal, right? I'm, I'm buying used clubs here. Let's just be honest with everybody. I'm not Titleist, Cobra, if you're listening, I'm open
0: let's go. Let's hit go. Your boy up. Hit, hit
1: me up. Hit me up. The I'm future hitting,
0: face of golf right hit,
1: here. Hitting, hitting Cobra right now. So anyways, new Cobra driver, not the new one, you know, the one season before, you know, after practice range, it's in a golf cart. My, my father-in-law, love my, my father-in-law. He's amazing. Always been supportive of these, these crazy dreams. He's always like, yeah, go for it. He's like, let me, he goes, put the golf cart back in the garage. I go, no, I'll get it. He's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll go get it. It was early in the morning. Comes and I hear this just kind of crash. And he's like, uh-oh. I'm like, what happened? He's like, uh, I think I owe you a new driver. And I hit this thing probably, you know, a few times. Those was my boys. I was trying to get them prepared for their tournament. And I was to gonna caddy for them. So I only got to hit this thing a couple of times. I'm like, man, this thing is amazing. Haven't felt this driver in a while. Look over, this thing is snapped in half. This shaft oh is gosh. just gone. And my reaction is like, that's all right, no don't worry. He's like, you're not mad. Like people are like, you're not mad. And you think I'd be mad. but I was like, for some reason, I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad. Right. Right. The driver wasn't exact. So I had, I had gotten fitted for a driver, the PGA tour. Uh, I'm sorry, the PGA, uh store here in Chicago was nice enough to have me come and, and fit me for a driver for free, um, which is awesome. And they gave me the specs of the driver. It was a cobra. They gave me exact specs of the shaft for all you golf fans out there. Of the exact shaft I needed to shorten. I'm a little shorter than most people. I needed a 60 gram weight. I needed a stiff shaft. This driver didn't come with that. It was a little bit off, but you know, it was a deal of a lifetime. I had to just get it. Um, and then my father ends up snapping this shaft in half. So he's like, he, I'm gonna pay for a new one, dude. Like I please just go. To the store. There's a this golf store down the road. I get to the golf store. I get out and I show this the guy there. He's like, "What in the world happened to your <laughs> golf?" I'm like, I I told him the entire story. He's like, he goes, "Unbelievable." He's like, "Let me look around. Let me see if I can find one for you." And he's he's running around the store. I'm following this guy, and I'm like, "Sir," I, I was like, you know, I'm trying to get prices out of this guy because I'm like. I know what these things cost i i don't want to pay that i can't pay that much for it and he's like no no no! i'll give you a good deal i'll give you a good deal don't worry about it he's he I, I found the perfect one for you prompt found the perfect you. it's in i kept asking what the specs are he's like no, no no you'll love it i'm like man this guy won't tell me any information he puts the shaft and he's like all right here you go let me he goes i'll help you out with the price he's like you play a little bit of golf i'm like yeah you know i actually told him a the little, the little bit of the story not bragging I it, it's like yeah i'm i'm stoked to play the this amateur You know, the the qualifier for a US amateur. He's like, he started talking about he's 70 years, he was turning 70, still a four handicap, by the way. And he was just talking talking about golf, and he looks at me, he's like, you know what? It's yours. Go get him. The shaft was cut down to my exact specifications that I was fitted for months ago so now i have a driver that is the exact driver that i've been needing to get to play my start type of game but this whole like thing happened i'm like i'm thinking i'm thinking bad luck bad luck man snapping a driver and how have- this doesn't have why would this happen i'm trying to like you know train do some training here and then this 200 some dollar shaft is like it's yours Go get them.
0: And you know, like that story brings, it it brings me (laughs) to tears, which I'm a crier anyway. So, but, but what's amazing is so many people could think that that's coincidence, Mm -hmm. but what people have to understand is that there are often times where there are confirmation, confirmations given to us that, that we're on the right path. We're going the right way. And this is, this is one of them yeah. because, because that, that, that guy, that 70 year old, he didn't think your dream was too crazy.
1: No, he was just like, yeah, heck yeah.
0: He's <laughs> like, was, bro, go get it. Let's go.
1: He said, go get it. And I'm like, I was like, sir, I, I can't take this. I cannot take this. He's like, he's like, just take it. It's yours. And like, go get it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it. I mean, it was just like, I couldn't, I, I was just, just beyond, I could, I was speechless. I came back. I'm like, you'll never guess what happened. Like unbelievable. And yeah, it's, 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 it's being open to seeing these sort of moments too, right? To, 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 yeah. to tell you you're, you're on the path, you're on the way, like to keep going, like as, as small these moments might be you got to keep yep. you have you have to kind of keep them close
0: well you've 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 got to understand and and anybody out there listening who you know my my dream that I'm chasing is that I want I want people to know how much they're loved I want people to know that that their lives that their life is, has a purpose Hmm. and that, and that, that crazy dream that they have that was given to them for a reason because it's theirs and they're supposed to do something about it because I, I truly believe down deep in my heart that we already, we have had a cure for cancer. But the little kid who said that one day they were going to cure cancer, who was told to be more practical and more realistic, there are smarter people out there that haven't been able to figure that out yet. What makes you think that you're smart enough to do that? That we, that we crushed that kid's ability for his God-given dream to come to life. And I, and I, and I truly believe that is my goal is to be someone who, who leads and loves and inspires people to become who god ultimately created them to be to accomplish what they were put on this earth to be because the only way this world becomes a better place is when the people who are living in it understand what they were created for and go after what was put inside of them to accomplish regardless of how big yep. it is. Yep. and you like i think you you are personifying that like like and people might say, yeah, but John, like there's a difference between curing cancer and golf. Is there? Like, may, like, look, but maybe it's Carlo chasing his dream to become the PGA Tour, get his card, to play in the Masters, to, 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 to just play in a tournament on tour. Maybe that's the fuel to the fire that a kid needs
1: mm-hmm. for them
0: to think that their ability to cure cancer isn't crazy.
1: It's funny you say that. I get kind of like, you know, it's when you have these crazy dreams, you sort of start to think about when those things, when those dreams come to fruition and how they manifest. And I often think about when I, if I win a tour, if I win a tournament and you have the stage, right? God gives you a stage to do something. What would you say? And for me, it's like when I kind of lay down night. Sometimes I think about what would I say. You know, people will say, "You know, how did you like accomplish this on your own?" I'm saying, I feel like part of my moment is staring right in that camera, and I know, um, you know, when when Colin Morikawa won and he and he's looked in the camera and, thank, and thanked Tiger Woods, I think that's fantastic, right? For me, if I could have the opportunity to look in the camera and be and tell every person out there, like, no dream is ever too big. Or too crazy to go after. And I want to be proof of that. Yeah. And that's it. And I don't think, I don't think me and you are on very different paths or just a, different channels of doing that.
0: Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what this, that's what this world is about. That's, that's, that's what this, that's what this thing called life is about, you know, in, 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 we need, you know, we'll land the plane here for you guys who are continuing to listen because Carla <laughs> and I could probably go on all night.
1: Yeah, thanks but for that's st- what, sticking around if you're sticking around.
0: Yeah, but that's what this life is about. It's not about surviving. Mm. We weren't put on this earth to survive. We were put on this earth to thrive. And the only way that we thrive is by helping people Become and do the things that they were created for. And that does not look like the societal norms that everybody thinks that it is. It's not yep. the nine to five job to buy the house, to pay for the mortgage, to buy the nice cars, to live in that certain neighborhood, to have 2.5 kids, mm-hmm. and to it, that's that is surviving. And I'm not saying having kids and all that stuff, like, let's like, but that's not what it's about. Because there's something inside of you that is calling for something greater. It is the purpose, is why you were here, and and oftentimes that purpose is 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 manifested in what will ultimately help the greater good of the people around you.
1: Yeah, because if you ask people like sitting around and and you know, in I remember I used to ask people all the time that I work with in 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 the larger companies like. What would you do if you could do anything you want? It's always a different. It's never this. It's never like I would do this job. It's right. something else. And I think you say it all the time: is like we were created for greatness. Of course, that seems like crazy for a lot of people to understand that they were they're important. Yeah, but you weren't meant to just be like everyone else because we're all unique, right? I've always right. believed, like we were born great, but also with greatness, but also born creative and born dreamers. We're just taught out of that.
0: One hundred percent.
1: Very quickly at a young age. Yep. And I don't know why it's like that.
0: Well, <laughs> right. yeah, I, I mean,
1: we do know why, but it's it's
0: that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, we, we made, But it's be, but it's because it, it it's it, it's really simple. Broken people create more broken people. Mm. And we live in a world of broken people who have been told that their dreams are too big and they're too unrealistic, that they need to stay in their lane. They need to do this stuff. I was told as a little kid, you know, I can't play football because I'm too small. I've never played before. I'll get hurt. I don't know how to play. Right? Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? By the time I actually started playing in high school, I was pretty good. I had a few opportunities to play at some small coll- small colleges. Um, I played in the first ever East-West All-Star um, football game uh, in Indiana. Um, and, you know, but I chose not to go to college and play football because I didn't believe that I was good enough to make it. Because guess what? I believed I was not good enough. Too small. I didn't. I was too small. I was going to get hurt. I didn't know the game well enough because I'd only played for two years. But, but all of that comes because my parents were taught by their parents who were taught by their parents that, that and this isn't everybody, because not all parents, like I think your lineage and the lineage and the legacy that I'm living, leaving for my children is different because it clicked for us. Because we, we looked at our life and we were like, hold on. It was like Neo and the Matrix. Something doesn't add up here. Mm-hmm. This can't be what life is. And for some of us, we take the blue pill. Some take the red pill. I can't remember which one Neo took.
1: (laughs) I don't remember either.
0: (laughs) But for some of us, we're like, all right, you know what? Let's go. Like like I've got a friend. I'm gonna enter, he'll be interviewed on this on the podcast soon. His name's Will Davis. Will was a third round draft pick to the Miami Dolphins. As a corner, right? He was a DB. Will didn't start playing football until his senior year of high school. Started his senior year of high school, played DB, one of the hardest positions to play on the field. Got a D1 scholarship to Utah State. Went and played at Utah State and got drafted in the third round of the NFL less than 1% of all college football players are good enough to make it to the NFL. Yeah. And he got drafted into the third round. Hmm. It was because will believe something different about himself, you know, and there's, I think there's this moment that, you know, for me, it was, it was six years ago and I was like, dang, this can't be what my life is like. This can't, this can't be what, it's supposed to be about because I have had this feeling in my heart since I was a little kid and this is going to sound crazy and I can't believe I'm going to say it out loud say it I have I have had I have had this sense about me, this this superhero mentality of my life is for service of others that, that there, is this, there is this thing that I'm, I'm supposed to be in the service of other people. And I thought it was the military. I thought it was these different things that, that, that I, was, I, was, I, I did not participate in. Now, and I was writing about this the other day in my book, I now understand. Hmm. That's why I wrote the post the other day. I now understand what my life of service looks like. What my superhero life of service, what my superpower is. And it's loving other people and helping them believe in themselves and who they were created to be, and being the gasoline to their fire.
1: Yep, love that for their
0: big crazy dreams. That's that's what I'm here for, and that's crazy. Most people would think that's crazy, but you know what? That's great because I am just a little bit. But it was that switch for it was that switch for you too. It's like, yeah, this can't this can't just be what life is about. We go to school, we go to college, we get the job, we have the kids. There's- yeah. It
1: was the title, you know, CEO owner. I mean, it's like that was like the ultimate for a lot of entrepreneurs is to say they're CEO co-founder and the ultimate was to be acquired and make a lot of money and all that kind of stuff. And I think you get caught up in that cause it's all you read about. Right. Right. And, um, it's easy to get caught up in that and you feel like that could be your success metric in your life, but it it really was not fulfilling. And I've sort of started to even, I still work in tech. I'm still very much involved, but it's not a sort of obsession of mine to be in the startup sort of, you know, world anymore. Um, It's more about service or inspiration to others which sounds different, right? It's much less self-serving, right? <laughs> because there's we have so much other, you know, just goals that are beyond just achieving a certain unlock in our life, right? To put another thing on LinkedIn, right? It's not even that. It's yeah. it's something something bigger. Um, and you're you've been the gasoline, the mo- you've been the gasoline for this fire since the beginning. Since I texted you that. Maybe I should go after this PGA tour thing or golf thing. And you're like, and you, I remember saying, I didn't know this. Didn't know this was your dream, but you should do it. I'm like, really? Yeah. Should I? Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I'm, and, and here's the thing. I am so much more behind this than anything else you have ever called me about. This is what I believe. Like, yes. Like it's about time. Carlo Navarro stopped playing small. It's it, it is about time that he went. You know what? Like, yeah, bro. Because, dude, I think you're smart enough. You could build a billion-dollar company. You could do the startup like You could do all that stuff. But no, this is what it's about. Because I don't believe that this has anything to do with your own power. Because I think this takes a crazy leap of faith in believing. Without a shadow of a doubt, that because of who created you, you have a chance.
1: Mm. And it, it, it almost it's, it's even crazier because it seems like it's coming from left field, like this random idea that I have, or some sort of crazy, mystical, far out dream about playing golf. Yeah. And, you know, it's. It's crazy to look at moments of people saying things that I, without me kind of promoting this. And I had a coworker after a Zoom call say, "Hey, can you hang on for a few minutes?" And I said, "Sure." He's like, "Hey, I just I saw that you know you have this sort of kind of passion for golf, and I just want to say that's really great." And I you know, just started talking about it. And I'm like, "This is crazy." Like I I haven't like promoted this stuff too much, you know. It's like kind of keeping it in. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to do the same thing, document it, but in a way that's, it's different, right? I want it to be, um, you know, inspirational in a way and just, so I want to document the process because the process is so crazy to get into this world. It's almost, they make it so difficult for anyone without the privilege or the, um, opportunity. And I love this quote saying talent is everywhere. Opportunity is not. Yep there are people out there that are super talented more than people on tour today, but because they can't get on a golf course and they can't afford the clubs. That's the only, that's their blocker.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a a reckoning coming for that. I think, you know, well, and I, and I think it's even like one of my favorite movies of all time. This was Shia LaBeouf, the greatest game that ever, that was ever played. Um, The greatest game ever played. And it was him winning the U S open. Mm. uh or sorry, the Brit, uh, the yeah, it was the U.S. Open. U.S.
1: I believe it's U.S. Open.
0: Yeah, it was the U.S. Open. Uh, his name was Francis. We met, and and he won the U.S. Open against um, you know the the British champion, right? Who was coming over, and um, and uh, he was a kid who was poor, and. You know, and had this crazy dream that everybody thought he was crazy that he could be this professional golfer. And he won the US Open as an amateur. Yep. Against professional golfers. So it's possible. Here's the thing once it's already been done, the four minute mile was said to be impossible. Mm. There was one guy that believed it wasn't. And he went out and he ran it. And then guess what? Running a less than four minute mile, breaking four minutes in the mile is now something regular. Yeah. It happens all the time. It happened. It took one person to go, "Mm, no, I think I can do that. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's you. That's you of going, can somebody become a professional golfer at 42 years old? Well, hell yeah, they can because I'm about to do it. Watch.
1: Watch me. I'm a dad pursuing a PGA. That's what I say. Yeah.
0: Watch me. Like, let's, like, let's go because, and, and, and that to me, man, that is what I think makes your, makes your story incredibly cool. I think it makes it incredibly special. Um, And I, I can't wait to continue to watch as you progress. I can't wait to, you know, because I don't, I don't, I don't talk often in ifs and maybes, you know, so I can't wait until you win this amateur tournament and you qualify for the us amateur right and then i can't wait to have you on the podcast as we're getting ready for you to play in the u.s open and at the masters and that all i ask and i'm and and you heard it here first that i get to be your caddy (laughs) so that i can be out there cheering you on you know, being, being your mental guru out on the course, um, because it's going to happen one day. It's not, it's not a question of, of if it's a question of when,
1: when, yeah,
0: when. And for all the haters and all the doubters, it's not about you. This is not nothing that we do me wanting to become a motivational, inspirational speaker, author. It's not about proving haters wrong. It's not about proving doubters wrong because guess what? that energy that's negative we don't need it we're, we're we're creating we're what we are doing is we are proving the ones that believe in us right and the one who created us right amen and that's it and so carlo the, obviously we've had an incredible conversation we could continue talking no edits like d- do you guys get this like this is just free flow conversation okay this is this is this is the real deal um how how can people follow you? How can they support yeah. you? How can they cheer you on on this journey?
1: Yeah. So my website, carlonavarro.com. You'll see the different things here that I'm doing. Entrepreneurship, uh, the golf stuff is going to be on there. Instagram, it is at carlo.golf. Super easy. I'm documenting most of everything golf there but I hope you guys join me in a journey for the qualifier because I am planning on documenting the entire process Um, I've never done this before Um, you know never stepped onto this qualifying match don't know what it's like Um, who knows who I'll meet I'm hoping I can record a bit during it and man just just join in this crazy journey I think it's gonna be fun and um, you know Hit some and shots. now,
0: ladies and gentlemen, stepping into the box, <laughs> Carlo Navarro, golf plaque. The- and then when they, and then when you hit the ball, somebody, some, some random person in the crowd is going to go get in the hole, <laughs> right?
1: Yep, yeah. it's probably going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. It,
0: and... it probably will be me, being being the crazy guy uh, watching. But seriously, guys, uh, check Carlo out. Follow him on Instagram. Um, you know, check out his website. Um, uh, I'm telling you, you'll you'll be inspired. Inspired, you'll 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 be encouraged. Um, you'll get to see some some really cool stuff around. You know, the stuff that he's doing with his with his kids and. Uh, Dude, I, I just, I, I can't thank you enough for being the friend that you've been to me, being the gasoline to my fire, um, being willing to go first in, in reaching out all those years ago. And now being, uh, uh, being the first one here as a guest on, on my podcast, it's, I'm incredibly honored and I, I appreciate you so, so much.
1: Brother, thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah. So guys, thank you so much. I love you all. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we will talk soon.